Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the OXBC video podcast. I'm joined today by OXBC member Chris Chishak. How are you doing, Chris? I'm good, very well, thank you. How about you, Carl? Good, I'm not too bad, not too bad, thank you, considering. Um, so if anyone's watching this from the future, um, we're currently in the midst of the uh, COVID-19 outbreak. Um, we're all sat at home, feeling a bit sorry for ourselves in isolation. Um, but Chris is actually out there and you've been building stuff that might actually help some vulnerable people and businesses get through it. So um, give us a quick update on what you're doing with uh, SaveYourVenue.org and uh, Hero Buddy. I think, I think it's important to understand why we do certain things in, in certain situations. And we've never been exposed to anything like the pandemic we've got at the moment, not to that extent. And it just reminds me, myself being Polish, you know, my family died in the Second World War. And I understand how important it is that community gets together to try to help the people on the front line and the people working on um, on things in, in, in the um, back end as well. So it's very easy to, to start thinking negatively in a situation like this. We are locked down, the holidays are all you know, screwed up and yeah. we're not able to enjoy our lives the way that we used to. But that creates this new opportunities, how we can look and live our li- look at our lives and, and, and live them. And, you know, we weren't different together, myself, um, together with my girlfriend, um, Kami. We weren't different. We were a little bit upset at the beginning. But, you know, I, I knew that in every situation there is a, there's some kind of opportunity to, to, to do good. And, um, you know, for many years, I've been waiting for the times where we would be able to start building products that, uh, we still need because everybody keeps saying, you know, first world countries, they, they, they've achieved everything. Uh, there's saturation of products. We don't need new things, but not in times like this. So I asked Kami, Hey, do you want to help? Do you, do you want to do something meaningful? And, you know, this is where we stopped worrying and sat down and started brainstorming different ideas, how we could vi- be valuable to our community. And the, the two top um, ideas of um, two biggest problems we saw were the most vulnerable people as well as small businesses. So we decided, okay, let's focus on trying to save lives first and then we'll focus maybe on businesses. And we brainstormed different ideas how we could could do that and um, we decided, uh, well, let's create maybe a, a platform where we could connect young and healthy individuals with people that are high risk uh, because of their current illnesses or they are elderies and um, you know Kami was a bit skeptical at the beginning hey can we create something quick if we're not going to do it you know um, ASAP there's no point of starting we're going to be too late and I felt like I'm I'm going to take the challenge and over the weekend we we created herobody.org which was supposed to be serving that purpose of connecting people around the world because what we didn't know is that when the need is going to arrive. We knew that the need will arrive, but we didn't want to be too late. So, you know, as soon as uh, it was out, um, Kami took took over with um, the campaign. and We got really good response in Argentina, um, Spain, England, and uh, we got covered in the biggest news outlets in uh, Argentina. Uh, we even got into Vogue yeah. um, International. So, you know, that was that was that was exciting to see people willing to 
to join. And, you know, we had a lot of positive outcomes uh, of this and people, you know, willing to help. We call them heroes. We've got heroes, uh, you know, in a, in a hospital uh, on the front line. And, and there are some people as well, younger people that are willing to, you know, take, um, take that risk and um, help as much as they can. And I suppose that that leads us to the next idea. Uh, well, okay, so we, we created something that could potentially help people but then you know how we how we help the businesses if you've got any questions by the way as I yeah talk, well first of all i'm still i'm pretty staggered by the length of time it took you so it took you a weekend to build hero buddy right so yeah you're talking two days how were you working 24 7 that weekend to get it done kind of it was all day kind of all night kami was was helping with <laughs> with um food so i remember um she would bring things and you know for me to eat but um you know when i'm when i'm focused i don't want distraction and when you're trying to build something quickly you really need to focus down on things that truly matter and ignore the things that you know have not big impact if something is not gonna help me get to the finish line within two days um, i'm stopped thinking about it moving on to the next thing and you know that kind of mindset was necessary to achieve that so for people who haven't seen Hero Buddy, how does it work? You go on the um, herobuddy.org platform and you either register as a hero or somebody that needs help. And you populate your first name, your approximate location. Doesn't need to be specific, the area that you're willing to help um, help with. And um, you can provide a phone number because the idea was that if you want to quickly connect, use the phone call. That's, that's much faster, much better. And if you're looking for help or you're looking for help for your elderly parents, then you can register them uh, on the platform or register yourself on the platform. And, and you know, you've got two sides. People are looking for help and the people are willing to provide that help. And you can uh, visually see everybody on on the map and uh, getting cash. There's a messaging feature on the website. I'll just grab a call, uh, phone and give a call. So obviously you're really skilled in in the technical side of building stuff to be able to do it in in 48 hours. But what um, kind of considerations were there beyond just the building like GDPR, for example, or how it would work with people maybe taking advantage of the system and knowing that there's vulnerable people at one end? What what kind of considerations did you have there? Uh, That's a really good question. I suppose the answer would be, we not doing anything more than what you could do if you went out and start, you know, banging on doors and, you know, offering your help. Kind of very similar thing. We allow people to give as much information as they want. They can delete their accounts. But I tell you this, I was not worrying too much about certain aspects of it because I I needed to make sure that it, there is something out there. If you want to use it, use it. You don't want to use it, don't use it. This is supposed to save lives, and when we're saving lives, there are no regulations. When we're saving lives, the most important thing is to just be out there and do, and that's how how, how we are thinking about it. Yeah, well, well done, you. It's fantastic to get up and back and do that so quickly as well. So yeah, let's move on to the business side. So how does it work with the uh, with SaveYourVenue.org? So after we we finished with Hirobadi, I started working on the way how we could help. Um, small businesses and we knew before that gift cards is one of the ways um, you can use a gift card within 12 months and it provides funds to the given business immediately and that's when they needed it and we also knew that you know within a month or two 
these small businesses could be out of business. So something needs to be out there immediately. And as I was actually building it, I found out that my Krieger, a co-founder of Instagram, uh, created a similar platform for um, San Francisco area. And I got in touch and forked the project. It was open. He open sourced it and uh, built it for the London community. And we stayed with Mike uh, throughout and he was very supportive. Um, he gave us um, a shout out and, you know, we contributed to the open source project throughout as well. And um, the idea with Savior Venue is we've got a lot of amazing restaurants in London and um, area that surrounds London. There are big and small businesses that need help. And gift cards is one way of supporting them. But then we, we knew that donations and increasing the takeaways could help the restaurants get through these difficult times. So, so we decided, well, we're going to connect everything and have a single place to go for every restaurant in London where they can look for help, uh, be it through donation, gift card scheme, and um, takeaways. And now we're trying to collaborate with delivery vendors, food, food delivery vendors, uh, the biggest in the UK, uh, to join the, uh, the the initiative and truly go into these small restaurants and help them upsell the products and you know the the the, the meals and hopefully it, it will help somebody along the way. Um, all the all the initiatives are, are not for profit. We do what we can to support and we open for any feedback to to make it work. And that's a good example of like um, when an individual can get up and do something from a not-for-profit point of view, because I guess from a business angle, if you were to create a similar site like that, you'd be thinking, well, I'm competing against Just Eat and I'm competing against Uber Eats and things like that. Why would I bother? But this has got a real tangible benefit for people that just want to help, you know, a local business that they really enjoy going to and they want it to still be there after all of this stuff is over. So how would a local business go about getting on the site if they were interested? Would they have to be nominated? Or? So basically, we didn't necessarily need to onboard anybody because, again, that that would create additional delays. You cannot be calling, you know, three, 4,000 restaurants in London and trying to get them on board. But what you can do, they already exist online. You can collect all of them, co- collect all the gift card schemes, collect all the donation pages. And that's actually what we did. We collected all these links manually. We've got over 3,000 restaurants um, in the system. And this might not be the most efficient way of doing stuff, but it's definitely the fastest. And we were, um, you know, up and running, you know, next weekend. So that was also super fast. Um, But what we're looking for now is we found that it's much more difficult to actually get to work with GoFundMe and collect links from there. So we're trying to get into GoFund and, and work internally with that with these guys to just pull the data um, automatically and you know increase the speed that way as well. Yeah, makes sense. So do you like obviously we all hope this um this outbreak's gonna be over soon. I'm sure it'll be a few months yet, but do you see kind of longevity in those ideas for how these sites can continue to help people after the outbreak's done? I'm not even thinking that far. The idea is uh, we release it. If people want to use it, we do our best to support them. Uh, if not, the idea dies, it dies. We're not doing it for any future goals. The goal is and the need is at the moment. What it's going to turn into, 
nobody knows. And you know, I don't necessarily uh, think too much about about that part. We've got we've got too much to cover with the problems that that we're seeing at the moment. Of course, I just think there's a lot of potential. Like, because vulnerable people are going to be vulnerable after the outbreak, and this what's happening might end up changing some people's attitudes in terms of volunteering and make that whole kind of thing a little bit easier to broach with with systems like this. And with 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 here about it, we've already seen uh, what we did not expect um, that a lot of governments and supermarkets and food delivery vendors started working together to actually support these vulnerable people. So the need for hero body decreases in certain circumstances. And I'm super happy about it because, you know, these guys already have got a channel and I cannot get my online shopping anymore. That's fine because I know that supermarkets prioritize the people that really need it and supermarkets work with governments to do that. So that's good. Where it's going to lead to, nobody knows, but I can see um, things are happening and I'm happy to see everybody working together. Yeah, it's fantastic. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to seeing how it develops. This is obviously a blockchain podcast, blockchain-based podcast. You're part of OXBC and you're a very busy guy. So aside from saving the world over the weekend, you're also involved in um, a blockchain project uh, in Ventron, right? So tell everyone a little bit about what's going on there. Yeah, so um, to those that don't know uh, what Inventron is, is a is a uh, my small um, consultancy, a blockchain consultancy. We work with um, um, enterprises and, and and banks to help them implement uh, blockchain solutions. Normally, I would be thinking how blockchain can can help in the current situation, but the truth is, something needs to be done out fast. So, and you know, having my background in in technology, I'm being helpful where I can be. Not not don't stick to the technology. Um, that I'm in at the moment. And recently I finished helping build a digital bank in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. And that was a great initiative by AGTV Bank uh, called Patamar. And it's gone live and uh, the project has been built on, on the Corda network. And we've learned a lot along the way how to create a new infrastructure to support um, underbanked countries. Uh, we work within uh, Middle East and, and African markets. And where that's going to uh, lead to, nobody knows. But it's good to see that, you know, banks are playing and trying to create something meaningful. What we also found is that Corda DLT itself is very, very well designed and, and, and great to support the, the, the banking um, problems. So... Yeah, I'm looking forward. It's been a very exciting project. We had a great team. A few resources were based in London, a lot of in Abu Dhabi and, um, and India. So um, it was a worldwide project and um, I'm happy that we are part of it. Yeah, we spoke to um, Amna Usman Chowdhury on a previous podcast because um, she's based in Dubai. And she was saying that the way the country's set up and their attitude towards blockchain and wanting to be the first um, blockchain-run country has really helped boost adoption and has seen the growth of a lot of projects just like um just like the bank so did you is that something how did you come to work in that region like how how did you approach patamar or did they approach you no so 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 i was uh, i was introduced to a company called sapient sapient was a, a technology partner and we started working together to support um that hdb bank uh, mm-hmm. with the Patama 
bottom-up project. So there's a, a collaboration of multiple vendors working on on them on the same on the same problem. And so I'm going to ask the stupid question: What makes Patamar different to other banks? Um, in a lot of the cases, is the uh, the channel that you already got, right? You create a solution, and if you've got already channel that you can, you know, push it to, then I think that's what what really gives the advantage. Obviously, um, within countries uh, within Af- Africa, there's a lot of money laundering and that was a big challenge so we created a, a decentralized kyca and sanction checks to support all the, all the compliances out there but yeah the, my idea is to support the um, usd based transactions uh, in trade finance out of us working hours and you know within within seconds rather than waiting a few days and at as low as low cost as possible um, that was the main idea and um, there was a good exposure to to African market for for IGDB. So I think that was the the main advantage as well. So the transactions actually take place on the blockchain, do they? That's yeah, that is correct. Yeah. Cool. So right. so so you've got obviously um, cash banking partners that store cash, and you've got tokens that are being minted as soon as um, the cash arrives from a given bank. Um, it's only uh, for the comp- corporate environment. So every every token is is obviously backed by by US dollar and expanding to other currencies is not a big deal. So what what kind of feedback have you had so far on on how people are adopting the bank and using it? To be honest, not much because as soon as we go live, usually I will just take a step back and, and think all, all, all about the next project. So I don't get involved too much. What happens afterwards? Um, so I can't give too much feedback on that on that point. Oh well, we'll definitely keep an ear to the ground because it's a it's a really interesting. I mean, it's it's the kind of archetypal use case, isn't it, for blockchain? So um, to see it actually working would be would be a cool thing to follow up on. Um, all right, well, we've come to that time in the podcast where um, it's time for you to kind of take advantage of the the reach of the OXBC network. So with everything you've got going on at the moment and what what your next steps are going to be, how would you like to utilize the network and who would you like to connect with? I think RxBC has proven so far it's a, it's a network of very valuable people, um, great individuals that are willing to, to to help and support each other. They've got great experience and exposure within the blockchain environment. I'm just happy to be be a part of it. And um, if there is anybody out there that um, has got some ideas how how to help with the current COVID situation, uh, please reach out to me. That's the most important thing. And just so you know, I'll be looking for a co-founder to, to start a new uh, new company, build a new product. I bring to the table all the technology background and, and, and creating the products and bringing them to market. And I'll be looking for someone with, with the right channel exposure within the given marketplace. So if you've got the blockchain idea that, that, that you want to take to another level and make it happen, uh, please make sure you connect with, with us and we'll have a chat. Fantastic. Well, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people and listeners eager to take you up on that after what they've heard in this episode. Congratulations and well done on, um, on stepping up and doing what you've done so far. Um, really looking forward to seeing how it works out with uh, with all your projects. Awesome, Carl. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And uh, if you're listening, please subscribe and please join our XBC. Uh, we've got a great community. I'm looking forward to meeting you. Here, here. Well done. Thanks a lot, Chris. Take care. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Take care.